0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: It's pretty amazing to me. You got two governors, two of the most high-profile governors in the entire uh, country, Cuomo in New York and Gavin Newsom in California. That both looked like they're on the verge of getting booted out of their offices for a while for very very good reasons both of them and they both have come back somewhat
2: so and or america's just moved on i don't know but they're both rotten they're both deserving of getting booted out of office and uh recently announced uh one of the fellows going for gavin newsellini's office is larry elder the sage from south central longtime nationally syndicated radio host newspaper columnist author award-winning documentary filmmaker. sheesh when does he sleep uh larry elder joins us now larry how are you sir
0: Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. So
2: California is going to actually
1: have a recall election. And what's the date of that now? Do we know that?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's September 14, although the absentee ballots go out in about uh, 30 days or so. And as you guys know, 2.2 million people signed this petition. Many of them were Democrats, independents who voted for this guy two years ago and have now changed their mind. They've seen the crime. They've seen the rising homelessness. They've seen the rising cost of living. They've seen that the fact... That Californians have a net migration out of the state for the first time in history while this guy is munching away at the French laundry, violating the very mandates uh, that the medical professionals he's sitting with wrote. He has his own kids remaining in in-person private school, shutting down education for a whole year. Meanwhile, California public schools have produced a system where of black kids in this state cannot read at state levels of proficiency, 50% of all kids cannot, and they lost a whole year of education. It is absolutely outrageous what's going on. One of the many things I'm going to be champion, gentlemen, is school choice. The money ought to follow the child rather than the other way around
2: amen to that uh and and speaking of school choice the teachers unions are going to come with their brick bats and hatchets at you and anybody who who dares to uh try to toss uh gavin out of office what would you say to the uh the parents of uh california school kids about the teachers unions and what they've been doing lately
0: well, you ask yourself, why is it that if you are a public school teacher uh, in Los Angeles, for example, you are twice as likely to have your own school-age kid in private school than households that do not have a public school? Uh, public school teacher—they uh, know the system the best, and they don't want their own kids in it. In Philadelphia, 44% of public school teachers who have school-age kids have their own kids <laughs> in private schools, as opposed to 10% of families nationwide and 6% of Black families nationwide. This is if you had a restaurant and you hung a sign and said, "Come on in." just don't eat the
1: food <laughs> that is an amazing stat right there and i'm I, I had my kid uh in a public school in california i wasn't crazy about the curriculum and that was pre critical race theory being shoved into the schools but then i had to move into a private school because they weren't having school with the covid um i know you got uh, some some big thoughts on the critical race theory that they're putting into the public schools what, what you're a black guy how come you don't want racism taught in the uh, schools
0: uh, because of SCC requirements, I really can't tell you how I feel about critical race theory. So I'll talk- <laughs> You know, the number one problem facing the black community uh, is not the need for reparations, not the need for self-esteem, not the need for critical race theory. It's the absence of fathers in the home. of black kids enter the world without a father married to the mother. In 1965, that number was 25%. You want to tell me America is more racist now than it was in 1965? What we've done with the welfare war on poverty uh, is to incentivize women to marry the government and to incentivize men to abandon their financial and moral responsibility. And, guys, forget about elder because I'm a right-wing kook. How about Barack Obama? Barack Obama once said in one of his rare moments of candor, a kid... Raised without a father is five times more likely to be poor and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in jail, 20 times more likely to end up in jail. Now, which caused the out-of-wedlock birth rate in the black community to go from 25% in 1965 to 70% now? It's the welfare state that the left doesn't even want to talk about because they have to look in the mirror and say to myself, oh, my goodness, what have I done? And they cannot have that conversation.
1: Interesting to have you talk about it today. You know, Bill Clinton uh, uh, tied working to government money back in 1996. We did away with that in this biggest package we passed a couple of months ago, and the checks are landed in people's bank accounts today, where you get several hundred dollars per kid per month, whether you're working or not.
0: Right. You remember uh, one of Bill Clinton's big things was he was going to reform welfare, quote, as we know it. He didn't do a damn thing until he was scared about uh, losing re-election. Uh, and, his, uh, and Dick Morris told him, unless you sign this bill that you twice vetoed, you're probably not going to get uh, re-elected. So he signed it. Remember, nearly half of the Congressional Black Caucus was angry. Hillary was so mad. Uh, that she stopped even talking to one of her best friends, uh, Marion wright Element, who's the head of the Children's Defense Fund. But what happened? Welfare roles declined more than 50%. A whole bunch of able-bodied people able-bodied people, got off the couch and went into the job market. After for the first time, we had time limits on welfare, and we had what we call caps uh, on additional children. You could no longer have additional children and get additional money. They were called family caps. And all of a sudden, the same people that were watching television, watching Oprah, got off their butts and went out and got jobs and now we're reversing that philosophy. What's going on here? We're incentivizing people not to work. It's one of the reasons why only half of all the jobs have been recovered in California, whereas two-thirds have been recovered outside of California because Gavin Newsom has been basically paying people not to work. There was a study done by economists at Bank of America. I don't think these were Trumpers, and they said anybody making around $32,000 or less is better off not working right now, at least until September when the uh, when benefits are supposed to expire. This is what's going on. This is why people cannot find workers, even though uh, you know, we now allow the economy to open up again. And these have never even, and Gavin Newsom, uh, and some of these people have never even run a lemonade stand. I talk a lot right. a lot about the mayor of, of LA. Eric Garcetti. He jacked up the minimum wage. After a bunch of people, he invited in, brought their profit and loss statements, and told him how thin their margins were. Please don't do this, please don't do this." He listened to all of them, got up, buttoned his coat, and said, "I believe you can absorb the cost." These guys are working 60, 80 hours a week, and, gather, and, and Eric Garcetti has never even run a lemonade stand telling business people, I, I can artificially jack up the cost of your doing business, and you can handle it, and I'm going out and going, going to have lunch. It's offensive, and I think a lot of Native Californians have had it with the crime, with the homelessness. Uh, with the rising cost of living, the average price of a home in California costs 150% more than a home outside of California. And the average price of a home in California is 50% more because of the environmental wacky, wackies that are jacking up the price of housing. That's why young families are leaving for the first time uh, in our state's history. And I think I'm the guy to reverse all of that. And I want people to go to electelder.com, electelder.com. Throw so something in the tip jar. Let's get this guy out of here.
2: Larry Elder running for the governorship of California. I think your great challenge, Larry, is going to be getting the attention of the lazy, not paying attention, electorate. But uh, we wish you well. Good to talk to you, Larry Elder. Thanks.
1: Man, God, h- God. thanks. And thank you. Uh, some of those statistics, which, you know, if you listen to this show and others like us, uh, you've heard before, but, um, you know, intact families, all that all that cultural stuff, that stuff's hard to fix. It's complicated. It's a lot easier to just cry racism.
2: Yeah, yeah, although there are specific incentives and disincentives that the government has created as Larry was referring to that have caused uh a lot of the the decay of the black family in America, the you know, the dissolution of the black family. Uh one quick uh, behind the curtain's note, um there's some concern in some quarters about having Larry on cuz he's a quote-unquote competitor in a handful. He's a radio talk show host on other stations, mm-hmm. Joe. Yeah, I know. Uh, the way we've always looked at it, uh, we, we never think about competitors per se. He's a really interesting guy and I agree with him a lot and, and Jack agrees with him a lot. She so like his show better than ours is what you're saying. And, uh, we've always believed if we're interesting and entertaining, uh, we'll win and if we're not, we'll lose. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Uh, so anyway, he's a good guy and I hope, I hope he gets over. I've, uh, long enjoyed his newspaper column. So anyway.
1: I think the chance that the uh, the uh Gavin Newsom is recalled is relatively low.
2: Un- I've given up on the electorate of California as I've made clear. <laughs>
1: we yeah. had an early dinner. People don't people don't vote on issues anymore. It's just it's just a team sport,
2: man. It's Tribalism. just a
1: team sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh and you go with your team and What was that court ruling the other day that uh, Gavin Newsom's not allowed to put a D next to his name?
2: Did you I didn't
1: follow that, no. Yeah, he's not allowed to put a D next to his name. So but, but you know oh because it's
2: a non-partisan special election i think okay so or he doesn't something. He, i don't know that's a guess he
1: doesn't oh, he missed the deadline our executive producer hansen says so he just flat out missed the deadline so he couldn't put a d next to his name
2: we well, just had an early dinner uh, uh, we're all human we
1: all fall short sometimes is the electorate so stupid that they won't know he's the democratic
2: uh choice uh, if uh, on the recall thing and wait a minute now you've given me hope they might not even recognize his name they have no idea who the governor is but the union goons do and they'll turn out all their people
1: do you know anything about black rifle coffee I do you do a little bit okay mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just I just saw an article in the wall Street journal uh, they're they're hoping to be the Starbucks of the right no, that's about as far as I read on it
2: yeah, it's a bunch of uh, uh, vets and uh, military guys who formed a, co- up a company. And, Sounds cool. Yeah. All, all coffee tastes more or less the same to me.
1: I don't, I'm not a. I'm oh, far no. from a coffee stopper. Oh no! All no. coffee tastes the same to me.
2: I can only eat that civet cat coffee <laughs> or, or drink. That's you, you the eat only one I drink. Coffee. Yeah. Well, well, sometimes I don't have any water, so I just chew it and swallow it.
1: The civet cat coffee, which is the most expensive coffee you can get, that mm-hmm. is the cat that eats the coffee beans then. Poops, Poops them, them out as a menu
2: drink Because your... that unleashes all the delicious civity flavor.
0: <laughs> you... I mean,
2: if you've never tasted civet bowels, it, it could not be better.
1: So It's a sickener. The reason I bring this up is just uh, how much time do you spend thinking about um, products, companies, restaurants, stores based on their politics? I don't think about it much.
2: Only when they shove it in my face, honestly.
1: I don't think about it much. Like, I think if you don't eat at Chick-fil-A, for political reasons, you're just that's uh, just stupid. They have the best chicken sandwich you can get, fast food-wise. That's a good chicken sandwich.
2: Well, and to me, it's that rigidity that rejects the idea that anybody can see the world differently than me. They must be a bad person.
1: But, uh so, the company, Black Rifle Coffee, doubled its sales last year's leaning into the American culture war, and I'm guessing that most of it is people... Uh, sending a message by buying it rather than they just like the coffee better i don't know maybe you have a f- more sophisticated palate
2: than i do no i think well the coffee is very good from what i've heard but yeah it's absolutely a casting a vote with people who think like me and not people who shove their contrary beliefs in my face like starbucks
1: i get my coffee at the uh, closest place to me that's how i choose
2: where i'm gonna get my coffee so you're supporting marxists okay fair enough uh, because it's more convenient <laughs> all right very nice
1: and then they ask, Do you want the dark roast or the pikes speak And I say, whatever you want to get rid of. I don't care. I can't tell the difference. And then they, they give me some.
2: Is that what you're gonna to say to the guards in the gulag when we go full on Marxist? Is
1: it? Because I bought a a, a tall coffee at Starbucks? Uh-huh. I'm the tipping exactly. point. Exactly. Uh we gotta tell you about what they're teaching in some companies, particularly this Raytheon, but it's happening all across America. A lot of people are claiming this. it's a right-wing uh, witch hunt, this whole critical race theory. Okay, we've got the actual... And they're not even denying that this is what they're telling people at the corporate level in one corporation. You won't believe it when you hear it. Stay tuned for that.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: Boy, we got a lot of texts about the,
2: um, the 911 lady. So... uh uh, the nine one one call. Richard Sherman busting into his uh, wife's house, getting violent. Yeah, maybe I'll try to seek
1: out a non edited version, the least edited version I can find, to see if she was actually as rude as she sounded to a woman in crisis. But um, well, well she was crappy, no doubt. More important matters. I claimed that Chick fil A has the best chicken sandwich, and um, there's there are dissenting opinions. Alex, uh, it's it's not that I boycott them for their political opinion. It's just they're a far inferior sandwich to Popeye's. Hmm. I haven't had Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I, I, did I, you
2: just say inferior?
1: I did. You made I made up a word. I, uh, uh, I haven't had it, so I have no comment on that. I'll try that out. I'm, I usually go to Popeye's for the biscuits that are like d- d- butter running down your elbow. Imagine the biscuit, but the entire bun around the chicken sandwich. <laughs> okay. Mm. I mean, I will have one of those today, guaranteed. All right. And I will report back. I expect a full page on it tomorrow, and probably a shorter line. Chick Fil A has always got such a long line; it actually yeah. deters me from eating there more often. They're
2: amazingly efficient at moving you through that oh, enormous line. I, I've been meaning to talk like about In n Out Burger. Yeah. I was
1: there a couple of weeks ago, and you know, they're still at this time. They were still in the full COVID compliance. They didn't have their their uh, dining room open at all, so it was all drive through. Mm-hmm. But the, the number of people they had involved with the directing traffic, multiple lanes. This person took the order. This person uh, like checked on it to make sure. This person, you paid you, and they headsets and everything. It was really quite amazing. It was like uh, it was like the uh, the people in the air traffic control tower at an airport running the the Chick fil A. Very impressive. Um, I'll bet they pay better than some of your uh, Burger Monarchs or oh, uh, Burger Clowns. Sure, sure. The Scottish
2: fellow, yes.
1: So Tim Sanford tweeted this out yesterday. This is where I first became aware of it. Raytheon—that's a company that makes uh, a lot of defense stuff, right? They get it's a lot the of tax Second money.
2: largest defense contractor. They're huge. Um,
1: but anyway, it's a big company. They tell their employees to identify everyone's race during workplace conversations. What now? Let's get this report, and I'll fill in the details. Government defense contractor Raytheon rolled out its Stronger Together program last summer to get its 30,000 employees to help, quote, drive near and long-term societal change. An optional course asks employees to learn about the weaponization of whiteness, which drew the ire of Senator Tom Cotton. In a letter obtained by Fox News, Raytheon's CEO responded to the criticism. Raytheon Technologies does not teach or train our employees on critical race theory, nor do we use race to foment division. Despite misrepresentation by politically motivated agitators, there is no meaningful difference between these resources and those used by many, if not most, major employers in the U.S. Okay, interesting. So you don't teach critical race theory and you're not doing anything any differently than most companies do in the United States. Okay, well let me read just a little bit from their uh, training manual that they put out to all the employees. Pro-inclusion tip, it says. Listen to the experiences of others, especially those with marginalized identities, those groups treated as insignificant or peripheral, who often don't have an equal say in decision-making. Giving them the floor in meetings or on calls, even if that means silencing yourself to do so, you'll learn more when you listen than when you speak anyway, so it's a win-win. So they specifically say, if you're white, you shouldn't speak in meetings, because you've done enough talking over the years, you need to sit and listen. How about that? you telling me that that's something not different than that happens in most other companies? I think you're wrong, Raytheon. Another pro-inclusion tip. Someone's race or ethnicity isn't a taboo topic. Talk openly about it to appeal to people's conscious values and challenge their unconscious biases. I'm supposed to bring up somebody's race when I'm talking to them at work. Yes. How am I supposed to work that into the conversation? Um, you cannot address racial injustice in the workplace if you do not acknowledge that different experiences exist for people. But be aware that if you're talking about race, identify everyone's race, including those who are white. So I'm supposed to say, hey, Jim, you're black. I'm white. Hey, Fred, you're Hispanic. Anyway, how about those quarterly reports? I don't know how you're supposed to work that into the conversation.
2: Yeah. Armstrong and Getty.
0: And Getty Show. They took bold, courageous action um, in line with the legacy of everyone from Frederick Douglass, who's over my right shoulder, when he fought for the right of black men to vote in America, to the legacy that includes all those women who marched down Pennsylvania Avenue for women's right to vote, to all of those folks who shed their blood on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. To make sure that we would, in 1965, pass the Voting Rights Act.
2: The Texas Democrats who drank beer on a private plane to D.C. are the same as the people who crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Good Lord, she's come unhinged.
1: I wonder if John Lewis was still alive since he got beaten bloody and had to be fearing for his life on that bridge when he was a young man. Uh, He recently died, Congressman. I wonder if he would have uh, been okay with her. Making that comparison. Ah, Let's not throw these two things together in the same basket of
2: of bravery. She's putting him on the pedestal next to uh, to Frederick Douglass? Good Lord.
1: Slave who actually fought his master and escaped and became a... One of the great thinkers, writers in American history.
2: Then got on a private jet and drank light beer on his way to a Washington photo op. As I recall, uh, Tim Sandiver's fab- fabulous book, Frederick Douglass, Self-Made Man. Risking literally nothing. Right. Anyway. Kamala Harris is hilarious.
1: Well, so I thought that was kind of interesting. She just said this. So today, and I've been asking, and we've been getting texts. Did you check your bank account? Because there might be a little present in there for you. Nine out of ten kids, their parents, the kids don't get the money, the parents do, but nine out of ten kids qualify for uh, this new uh, rollout of uh, bennies. And it's, what, $500? Or $300? It depends, per kid per month, right? Per, per kid per month. It depends on whether they're under age of five. I don't remember the cutoff. I don't get the money, so. Um, guys, we got this text. Guys, I can make $3,000 per month on unemployment. Or four thousand at work, and now with the new five hundred dollars for my two kids, thirty five hundred dollars to not work. Are my principals costing me time with my family? It's
2: a good question. Well, right, and, and people they'll say, well, wait a minute, no, 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 right. He could make five hundred dollars more by working, so naturally he will. It's just idiotic analysis, and it happens to be in most of our major newspapers. Your time's worth something, whether it's spent with your kids or fishing or starting a side hustle or whatever.
1: And I'd still work, uh, for a variety of reasons, but, but plenty of people won't. And, um, getting to, so we just had, uh, Larry Eldredon, Larry Elder, I'm sorry, Larry Eldredon, uh, he's running for governor and he's a black guy and he was just talking about the generational ruin that has been welfare for a lot of black families. Mm-hmm. And when you, and it ends up being a generational thing generations of being on welfare, because it just you get institutionalized um living off the
2: government. And, it's, and there are incentives to continue to do so, as he pointed out, to women get married to the government.
1: And it happens to plenty of white. There are more poor white people than there are poor black people. Plenty of, you know, read Hillbilly Elegy. There's plenty of white people than generational welfare, too. But that happens, and it's interesting that Vice President Harris, commenting on the payments going out today, again, check your bank account. You maybe got a big check today yourself. Yes. Uh, that just showed up in your bank account. Harris today on the payments going out. The payments may be monthly, but the impact of the child tax credit will undoubtedly be generational. So she believes that this is going to be build generational wealth in families, where we have a fair amount of proof, like concrete proof, that it creates generational dependence on the government as mm-hmm. opposed to the other way around. So, right. Man, those yeah. are two completely different ways of looking at these checks going out
2: the door today. There is virtually nothing said in politics that is sincere or honest. How about this text we just got?
1: I just stopped at a truck stop, and they are out of hot dog buns. This is the worst thing since the
2: Civil War. <laughs> this is the greatest crisis since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. This is Joe Biden's America. That's not hyperbole. Yeah, yeah, way to go with that clip. We've got to wear that out. Oh, that's great. It's one of the worst things I've ever heard.
1: Who else got a check in the in the bank account? Good for you. You know, if you're a taxpayer, you're getting some of your money back is the way you're looking at it.
2: All right, now I'm in a bad mood because I'm reminded that my, my my wife is trying to dro- drop a little weight. I need to, too. And so often, you know, she'll say, let's have hamburgers or hot dogs. And I'll say, yes, because I, I love them both. and Or bratwurst or something like that. Then it'll get to be the mealtime. I'll look around. There's no buns. There's no rolls of any kind. There's no bread. And, man, it's a dog without a bun is like a cat without a something or other. I mean, just, you got to have the bun.
1: Um, uh, yeah, it's amazing how much difference that makes, because I live a similar uh, lifestyle for different reasons, because we're gluten-free, and we just haven't come up with a good gluten-free hot dog bun or hamburger bun. I'd rather go without. But it's just the the joy I have. Hot dogs tonight. Hot dogs on the grill. On a plate with some mustard and a flour. Oh,
2: mm. crap. I forgot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally different topic. Listen to this, would you? This is uh, in the Washington Post. Uh, they have the uh, Tom Cotton keeps uh, spouting a debunked conspiracy theory infamous headline. The World Health Organization said it will fix several unintended errors in a joint report with China on the origins of the coronavirus crisis and will look into other possible discrepancies. Some of it's kind of technical. The WHO is changing the virus sequence IDs associated with three of the 13 early patients listed in the report and will clarify that the first family cluster was not linked to the Hunan seafood market in Wuhan after all. Nothing to do with the wet market Just a simple typo, everybody The WHO did not explain why a map in the annexes of the WHO China report Appears to show the first case on one side of the Yangtze River While the Wuhan government announced last year That the first patient actually lived on the other side of the river In a different district uh, they went on to say that they can't comment on what the Wuhan government announced last year, but yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're few editing errors. Yeah, that's what they were, and that's a direct quote. But they, Yeah, but they did not affect the data analysis process nor the conclusions. So, like so many others, they're going back retroactively and then tweaking a few things that have now been shown to be utterly fictional.
1: Yeah, anyway. um, another text we got, just got back from vacation in Texas. We rented a house. There was an espresso machine there, or as I say, espresso machine. Uh, the owner provided Starbucks and Black Rifle Coffee Company uh, espresso beans. So they wow. just figured, yeah, if I got a liberal zero, I want to have this. You got to have two, both kinds of coffee, depending on the politics. Again, I coffee the-
2: is politicized. That's just really something great scott i have no idea the politics of the little pods i use when i have before i leave in the morning i don't i don't know because i need to hit a fiend to even do, to get behind a wheel
1: more more people texting that they got their government uh and the, the most but most people seem to be surprised that the government can reach into their checking account so easily ah that's a little weird even though you're putting money in there just the fact that you're able to reach in there and Do
2: things and then get back out whenever you wanted to. It's a little scary. Well, I thought your question earlier was an absolutely fantastic one. If they can reach in to deposit money, how hard would it be to cook up a pretext where they'll reach in to take it out? In a crisis? I'm
1: surprised it hasn't happened yet. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. That'll be the next thing, uh, you know, coming down the line where we're in some sort of financial downturn, you know, with the pandemic oh, or war what or is. whatever it is. And we're just going to take 5% out of savings
2: accounts. Bingo. <laughs> You know, I don't think it'll be anything like that cuz that would be blatantly unconstitutional um but you know how they they take your income tax before you ever see it. What part of
1: the constitution would that be? That's a quartering troops or Article
2: 17 subsection 3. I was afraid of that. Yeah. Anyway, um uh, so uh they take your income tax before you've ever had it uh which is very similar to reaching into your your bank accounts. It'll be capital gains taxes. They will, they will just, I don't know, they'll get reports from the financial service companies or something like that, or you'll be forced to furnish them, and they will just take the money out of your checking account, your savings account.
1: Got mine yesterday, says this texter. Amazing how efficient they are at giving away tax money but can't get unemployment out to those who need it. Yeah, lots of people who filed for unemployment uh, at the beginning of the pandemic and had to jump through all kinds of hoops just never happened I
2: don't know. well the inmates were able to get their money to the tune of you know 40 billion dollars in california alone well you got maybe, maybe they're just better at paperwork
1: yeah well you got more time you're not working you don't have any kids to take care of you got time to sit there on the computer and
2: figure it hey, out. hey i just had a great idea it's a win-win it's your local prison they're going to hold seminars you're going to go into the prison the uh, the the prisoners are going to do seminars on dealing with government paperwork All right, now, what's important as you fill out your unemployment forms is that you list you have uh, eight more children than you do. I mean, they they get uh, they the rest of us to how you get it.
1: Hey, one more thing, kind of apropos of nothing, while we're just two guys sitting around drinking our black rifle rifle coffee, bitching about the government. So my son has got this one particular medicine that he has to take every week that he really, really hates, and uh, it tastes terrible. It's a medicine I had to take when I was on chemotherapy, and it's just got a smell and a taste to it that... Oh, it's called methotrexate. But anyway, you have to take it every week.
2: You'd think they could do something
1: about that. Well, there are. I had never heard of, until a, a therapist suggested to us, I'd never heard of compounding pharmacies. I didn't know that was a thing. And they're special pharmacies, and they, they, they do all kinds of stuff. They, they make drugs. They mix drugs together. And so one, one of the things they do is they make unpalatable drugs more palatable. They make them taste good for kids. And so they can take the drugs, and they'll squish it into stump, and then they'll like make it into a gummy bear. Or make it something you could put in a, you know, a juice box or whatever. That's what hmm. they do. Uh, but so I called one yesterday, the therapist suggested, and I called the, the compounding pharmacy and talked to a guy, and he said, Yeah, we used to do that, but they reclassified the drug your son is on, and so I can't do it anymore. I said, w- What are you talking about? He said, Well, it's just, it'd be too expensive for me to do it, but this place over here might do it. So I called this place over here, and they said, uh, yeah, we can do it, kind of, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, so I was told that they reclassified the drugs. He said, oh, I'll tell you why. And this guy was loaded to tell me oh, what boy. was going on here. He said, he said, blame the big drug manufacturers, the big drug companies. They lobby the government and they get these drugs classified into various classifi- classifications that we can't deal with. For nonsensical reasons, but it 's just to avoid competition because compounding pharmacies are the fastest growing thing in America right now ah. and uh, and people combining drugs on their own or deciding they want a little Eastern medicine a little western medicine, that sort of stuff, so we 're a really fast growing industry the big pharmacies uh, or the big pharmaceutical companies don 't like that, so they lobbied the government, get these things reclassified so that we can 't do it anymore and i said oh it 's just so it 's kind of like. Uh, you know, making it hard for Ubers to co- compete against taxis with various laws. said exactly
2: that, right? Right. Which great? It gets to one of the great lies of American politics, and that's that if you they, they convince you that we need to grow the government to look out for the little guy. The idea that the bigger the government gets the more responsive it is to the powerless is absolutely hilarious.
1: Right, so they rescheduled this methotrexate as a chemotherapy drug only, and it's just it's too dangerous for people like you to deal with. Only only we corporate in entities can deal with this, and that way right. you keep the little guy or any competition from happening. And that's bad for everybody. We don't want any of these things. This is what Tim Sandifer bitches about all the time, and he's right. We don't want anything that stifles competition, because competition makes everything better. It makes it cheaper, and it makes it better.
2: Very frustrating. And who has the ear of the government? He who writes the biggest checks. No doubt. Anyway. Wake up!
1: Uh, just one of my many complaints every single day of my life. Uh, text line four one five two nine five 295 kftc The Armstrong and Getty Show. I am firmly and unequivocally in the camp of, of Free Britney. It's Senator Ted Cruz in the camp of Free Britney Spears, which is just funny. We got nothing on that other than it's just funny <laughs> that he said that. Um, found out yesterday, I did not know this, they have weightlifting competitions for all age groups, including 70 and above.
0: I just want to be strong, and there's something about working out that just makes me feel so good. I have two little granddaughters I want to keep up with. Now I feel like it's very comfortable. I'm excited to do it. It just feels good.
1: She's crazy old, Joe Biden old. She's 78 years old, and she's a power
2: lifter. That old gal is 78. She sounds smart as a whip. I mean, really sharp. She doesn't sound like this. Like Joe Biden does. You know the thing?
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Joe Biden's an old 78. Yeah. Because my mom's the same age and my dad's older. And they don't talk like him.
2: No. No. I'm telling you, he came out with Chuck Schumer yesterday to make some announcement about some bill that's going to ruin America. And and he made Chuck Schumer look like a high school boy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, Biden is just various shades of gray. His skin is gray. His hair is gray. His eyes are gray. His suit is gray. Hey, here's a tip. Gluten-free family here.
1: No good bun solution for brats yet, but this, this doesn't have anything to do with gluten. Uh, this just sounds good no matter who you are. But for hot dogs, we use corn tortillas with melted cheese. We call them dogadillas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> call them whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> dogadillas. That sounds fantastic. I know. I I'll try one of those probably tonight. Wow.
1: Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And lots of more people texting that they got their government check in their uh, bank account, including a number of people who say they got me the redistribute money check into my bank account instantly the first day they could. I still haven't gotten my tax return check yet, even though I filed months ago.
2: Yeah. yeah. So what's the deal there? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm worn out. I'm yeah. cynical. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you be? Disappointed. Angry. Well, among things I want to bring to you tomorrow, uh, Matt Taibbi's remarkable and eloquent defense of Tucker Carlson. Oh, I want to hear that. And he, he doesn't agree with Tucker on anything. Nope. Well, except for one notable topic.
1: Uh, foo Fighters were supposed to play in L.A. this weekend, I'd like to see the Foo Fighters live. They got a new song out that's so good, I meant, I meant to have Michael play it at some point today. Let's add it as bumper music. Their, Come on now. Not their disco stuff, but they got another bring song. Bring the anyway, foo. Uh, one of their bandmates has
2: the COVID, so they had to cancel. Couldn't they put him off on the side in a mask or something? The rock bands have to report to the government or what? What's that all about? He's probably, maybe the guy's sick, sick.
1: It doesn't say he's actually sick. If He just got the COVID, yeah, just put him in a, an N95 and have him stand over there and play the bass or the drums or the bass drums or whatever he plays.
2: Sure, yeah, that's fine with me. If I'm in that band, I'm like, wait a minute, I get paid X per show. We're playing. Yeah. Try not to breathe any... Uh, 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 uh. Hey, kids, it's that time again. Final Thoughts! With Armstrong and Getty. Here's <laughs> your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. And that was the moment his will to live lapsed completely and never returned. <laughs> the world has worn me down. Seriously. Oh, man. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Michelangelo presses the buttons, keeps us on the air. Michael!
0: You know they say they never take away government benefits because people just want to keep them? I feel the same way with donuts. They brought them yesterday, and they've taken them away, and I still yeah, want them.
1: I, I agree. That's funny. I had that weird feeling today, too. Like, things were lesser at work today because there were not
2: in donuts. It became an entitlement in one day. Wow. That's really a pretty good insight. Uh, Producer Alex, do you have a final thought for us?
1: Yeah, you know, I just we talked about Richard Sherman and the family and all that going on. I just wanted to give my best wishes to them and hope they find some peace. I uh, think the world of him, I think he's really smart and a hell of a ball player, so best of luck to him and
0: his family.
2: Yeah, we were wondering whether his brain is not quite working well in in the manner of a lot of uh, football players who've had traumatic brain injury. Jack, a final thought for us? Somebody texted, you know,
1: a hot dog without a bun is like a cat with nothing to swing it at. We were discussing (laughs) where did the term you couldn't swing a dead cat with, so I looked it up. It originates in old-time sailing ships where the phrase refers to a space too small to easily swing a cat on nine tails which is a kind of whip used for physical punishment. Oh, well,
2: I know it. I get into a room, it's so small, I can't even whip my sailors. And <laughs> it ruins my whole work day. <laughs> you deserve a good whipping, Jim. Oh, ow, oh, ah, oh, hey, there's no room to whip you here. Oh, I'll perform better now that you've whipped me. <laughs> well, the beatings will continue until morale improves. It's a classic. Mm. Thank you for that little tidbit. You bet. Super. Do you have a final thought? That was it. Well, that was it. Okay. <laughs> my final thought is this music's too damn long, and we've discussed that before, Michael. What do we gotta tip you? Hey, just a few seconds. Well, and the right. space
1: is too small to, to beat your employees
2: now. Exactly. I keep hitting my elbow. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to win. So little time. Uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com. we got some great swag for you. The new red, white, and blue A&G logos, very popular. Plus the I'm Vax, no mask t-shirts. If you want to email us something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com.
1: Talk about a different time where a phrase comes about about the room being too small to beat your employees. <laughs> See you tomorrow. God bless America.
0: Yeah, get out of you b-
1: Adios, mofo. So it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. It's kind of bogus.
2: It's a wild animal. Joey, baby. Yes,
1: we drank beer. Wait, I tell
2: you what, you got a, a tiger and two monkeys, you got a case of beer, you got a party.
0: Hi-ya!
2: <laughs> <laughs> Experts tell me all bloody hell is going to break loose. Okay. And then we'll bring
1: this fool in. Your name's not But <laughs> 3000 you
0: yo-ho. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.